Well, hello, and welcome to this new edition of the Probe Podcast. My name is Paul Rutherford. I'm a research associate with Probe Ministries. We're a ministry to equip believers to think biblically. And we are here today to have a conversation about the bedrock of Christianity, the unalterable facts of Jesus' death and resurrection. It's a book by Justin Bass, and he is a professor at the Jordan Evangelical Theological Seminary in Amman, Jordan. And he is someone who's acquainted with my guest today. I'm going to be having a conversation with my esteemed coworker who loves to study all things Jesus, historical Jesus, Jesus studies. And I welcome my friend and colleague, Tom Davis. Hi, how are you doing, Paul? I am doing well, thanks. Thanks for being with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this conversation. It should be fun because we're going to talk about some interesting things about the bedrock of Christianity or about Jesus' death and resurrection and about a very interesting book. First off, listener, I like this book. I endorse this book. You should go and buy this book. It's a good thing. Before we get on, you know, Tom, why don't you give them a quick, quick and dirty rundown on (laughs) what it is that you do around here at Probe? I am a research associate here at Probe Ministry, so my primary area of research is Jesus and historical Jesus studies, and then, you know, I do different admin things. We all have to carry our weight with the admin. And then I do some uh, different little bit of discipleship in different groups around the DFW area. That's fantastic, Tom. That sounds great. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. So the plan is to talk through what the book is really about. And then for you and I to have a bit of a conversation or discussion about the significance of it. So why don't you go ahead and set up for our listener what this book is about? This book is uh, primarily, it's adding to the discussion on the debate on the resurrection of Jesus. Justin Bass is arguing that we have historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus, and he's trying to weed things down to the most solid facts. So he's looking at kind of two things to do that. He's going to weed things down to what has agreement by 90% of scholars, and he's also going to focus on one primary source above all the other primary sources, which is a Christian confession that Paul copies down in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Okay, so Tom, what I hear you saying is the focus of the book is one aspect of Christianity, one part of the Bible that is pretty much unanimously agreed upon by Bible scholars. Yes. Was that right? Yes. Okay. What I found in that book, what you say is accurate, but not just unanimous, or unanimous might be too strong a word, not just 90% of Bible scholars, but also 99% of Bible scholars, whether they're liberal, conservative, Protestant, Catholic, even Jewish Bible scholars, and atheist Bible scholars agree that this section of scripture is genuine. It is the real deal. It is legitimate. It is genuinely, authentically from where it claims to be. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Almost nobody disputes this passage as being authentically written down by Paul, and as Paul's source being much earlier than when he's writing 1 Corinthians. Super. Before we go into comment any more on the book and the many great things that Dr. Bass talks about in the book, I don't want to leave our listener hanging. I want, I want them to know what it is that we're talking about. And so that key passage, like you said, is in 1 Corinthians 15, and yep. it's verses 3 through 7. Yep. And so here it is. I'm just going to read it. This is that passage in case you don't have it already memorized. This is in the ESV reads, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures 
that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So that's the key passage there, listener. I didn't want to leave you hanging any any longer. I wanted you to know that's really the key that we're talking about. When Dr. Bass writes in his book about the bedrock source, the bedrock claim, that's pretty much it. It's that one short passage. And there's a lot that we can say about it. There's a lot that of meaning there, which we're going to talk through here in the next few minutes, right, Tom? Yeah. But that's it. So we're going to focus on our conversation on those claims. And if you would, Tom, why don't you unpack or just tell us what I just read? This is an early Christian confession, and we know that it's an early Christian confession. Paul basically tells us, he says, I'm giving to you what I also received. Okay, um, and let me clarify here for our listeners' sake. When you say it's an early Christian confession, what I think you mean by that is this is not Paul writing on his own authority in this New Testament epistle This in First Corinthians. He's not writing this on his own. No. That's what you mean by that, right? Yeah. What you mean is he is just basically copying a saying or a creed, or that's what you mean by confession. This was already a established saying, and Paul is just kind of quoting it or alluding to it, saying, hey, you, you remember this, you've heard this. It's kind of like a famous movie quote, right? Yeah. yeah. You and I like to throw movie quotes around <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that kind of a thing, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, that's, that's what you mean by confession. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we even have a pretty good idea as to who he got it from. Who did he get it from? He probably got it from James and Peter. So he gets it from Jesus' brother, and he gets it from Jesus' closest apostle. And we know this from chapter 1 in Galatians, where Paul is kind of giving his resume, his autobiography, so to speak, where he talks about he was in Damascus when he gets converted. And he talks about he goes out to Arabia. And then mm-hmm. he comes back, and then he goes to Jerusalem, and he says he spends 15 days with two people. That's James and Peter. So, you know, those were two people that are pretty close to Jesus. Yeah, no kidding. I think that that's that's understatement there, my friend. I think that's uh, definitely understatement, because James was Jesus' brother, so he grew up with him. Who knows you more than your brother, yeah. someone you grew up with, can't pull the wool over their eyes. They saw you when you were a little boy, running around being... Not mischievous, not in Jesus' case, but in his own case. And then Peter, arguably one of his best friends, his closest disciples, ran with him, followed him for years. So it's yeah. basically Jesus' brother and Jesus' best friend. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a what you would call a reliable source. Yeah. It's funny that brother and best friend calling Peter Jesus' best friend, even Bart Ehrman calls Peter Jesus' best friend. And so this is really close, and... Paul has this conversation with them. Most scholars think that it's about five years after the death of Jesus. So it's about five years after the events in question. They have this, that Paul shows up and has this meeting, and it's 15 days. He's there for like two weeks. So it's not a couple of hours. No, it's It's, a good long visit. Yeah. And he gets this confession, and so the confession is sometime before Paul writes 1 Corinthians. It's probably sometime before Paul meets with James and Peter. And a lot of scholars think that it's within a year or two of the death of Jesus itself. Wow, that is crazy, crazy cool. 
Okay, so just to recap here, Tom, we're talking about Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity, The Unalterable Facts of Jesus' Death and Resurrection. We're talking about a, a creedal confession that's contained in 1 Corinthians 15, and that is pretty much undisputed as genuinely, biblically authentic, according to 99% of all scholars in relevant fields, either historical Jesus studies or textual studies or text criticism or biblical studies, classical studies. It doesn't seem to matter if you're Jewish or if you're Catholic or you're Protestant. All the experts in these areas who know what they're talking about when it comes to these uh, books of antiquity agree that this one particular section or passage is genuinely biblical. It hasn't been doctored, hasn't been made up. Uh, it genuinely came from the source that it claims to have come from. So, that's what we're talking about today with this book, The Bedrock of Christianity, right, Tom? And uh, what we've just been talking about the past few minutes is how it is effectively not original to Paul. It's a confession. It's a creed that he had already heard from somewhere else. And we know this because, one, he says it. It's in the text. You can go and look at it yourself, right? <laughs> Verse 3 says, For I have received, I delivered to you what I also received. You know, and I'll point out one small thing here before we keep going which is just that Dr. Bass points out in his book, there's another reason we know that's a confession, uh, is because the linguistic properties of the confession. There are several words, Greek words used there, that Paul doesn't use anywhere else in any of his other uh, yeah. letters. And so, those because they're so unique, that's why it indicates, okay, probably this didn't originate from Paul's mind, probably originated somewhere else, and Paul's copying it into the letter to say, you know this, you're already aware of it. So, uh, those are some of the interesting things about it. But let's back up even further, just a second. And let's talk about the really simple content here, Tom, of of the confession. What does the confession say? Simply put, the confession says that Jesus died. Yep. Right? That he was dead. Yes. According to the scriptures, it says that he was buried yep. and that he was raised on the third day. And then he appeared. So, there's basically four claims. Yes. The death, the burial, the resurrection, and the appearances. Yep. Let's talk about this for a second. I'll start with the opening comment. Man, how how profound, how sovereignly profound in the mind of our Lord to include in his book, which reveals himself to man, the least disputed portion of scripture. What You might ask, what's in it? What's recorded in that least disputed portion of scripture? It's that his son was dead and buried and resurrected. That's the center of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel, says Paul later in Romans, yeah. in Romans chapter one. And it's the heart of it. It's the actual factual, this is what happened. These are the events that are central to the salvation of the entire history of mankind. Yeah. It's crazy. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, this puts Christianity on really solid historical footing. And it's really interesting. Uh, Gary Habermas, who's another philosopher, Jesus scholar, Gary Habermas pretty much thinks that if you only had this section that you would have grounds to believe Christianity is true. He puts a lot of weight on 1 Corinthians chapter 15 because it is so early, because it hasn't been doctored, and corruption, and because it's so close, it's so unlikely that any legendary embellishment arose and is included in this. It's not narrative form. You don't have all these, you know, telling of the stories. You just have like a list of things that are presented like, here's four facts for you. And it, it's presented in a very straightforward manner. Yeah. 
that's so good. That's so good and and really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I can see how Gary Habermas would come to that conclusion that the significance of what's contained in even just this confession is is so important, so important, so essential to the New Testament and really to the whole text itself. I w- I would say Doctor Bass doesn't really go into that too much in his book because he keeps his focus nice and tight and narrow as it should be man i would say that on my own Uh, that's the key to to reading the whole bible in itself you're not going to understand genesis if you don't understand the cross yeah so really really interesting okay so we have a couple more minutes here that we can talk about it so let's get into that because in the book dr bass talks about each of these things sequentially the way the book is let's i guess what i'm trying to say is let's talk about the book for a second yeah the way he structures the book is he he sets up doing historical studies and then he has chapters on each of these claims that are contained in this confession in this portion of first corinthians 15 on the death of jesus there's a chapter on the resurrection there's a chapter on appearances and then to his credit, there's a whole chapter on uh, what he calls the rise of the Nazarenes, or just the rise of basically the church, how even among first century teachers claiming to be the Messiah who had followings, that wasn't uh, historically unprecedented at the time. And so there's a sense in which, how is Jesus different? Well, there's a number of ways that he's different. There's a whole chapter on that, which is really interesting. So being that's the structure of the book, let's talk about the book for a second. I really like the book. I like that early on in the book, he talks about doing historical studies as time travel. Yeah. That's really funny. So, Dr. Bass, if you're listening, I really liked that. That was, one, it was funny. It added some levity to a conversation which can be heady and difficult, but it was really fun. And he even quoted a movie that you and I really enjoy, Tom. Yeah. Bill and Ted's. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Excellent Adventure. Yeah, there are no phone booths that are time travel machines that can take us in and out. We don't have George Carlin to be our farcical time traveling guide. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we don't have these things we don't have these things i know you like that film of course the remake just came out recently and that was fun too although i haven't seen it yet have you seen that one no i haven't the new one yeah well we'll have to do that we'll have to do that together sometime yeah we have a few more minutes so let's take those uh in turn so do you have any uh any comments on what he says about um the death of jesus the crucifixion the only people that would even dispute the death of jesus there's very few people. There's there's the mythicists that don't even believe Jesus existed at all, and then there's these conspiracy theorists that think that Jesus somehow survived the crucifixion, and maybe his someone else was in on it to help him get him out of out of there, and he went off and died somewhere else. You might think of Da Vinci Code type stuff. Okay. Um, people that hold that kind of a view. Those are the only two groups of people that deny that Jesus died on the cross around A.D. 30 or 33. Okay. And let me pause you there for just one second because I heard you use a term. Was it mythicist? Yes. Okay. So, that term means someone who didn't believe Jesus actually existed? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, listener, maybe you learned a new word today. I learned that from reading this book. <laughs> So, there are some people who believe he didn't even exist. Now, Dr. Bass does a great job basically explaining how foolish that is. To, just to believe that Jesus didn't even exist. Yeah. It's a foolish belief. There's only one peer-reviewed source you can go to. There's only two people that could be considered scholars in a relevant field that I know of that have done like multiple books on this. Everybody else that is supporting this would be kind of a layman to the field of Jesus studies and New Testament studies. It's almost like a underground culture kind of a movement. 
Yeah, you know, I that's another thing I learned from this book. Even just the history of doubting whether or not Jesus existed is rather new historically. It can only be dated back about a couple hundred years. Yeah. And just like you said, there are very few publications, very few peer-reviewed publications taking the stand that, you know what, Jesus did not in fact exist. To call it a super minority position is is really, that's that's even an understatement in itself. It's an yeah. understatement in itself because it's so small. It's so small. But that is the context in which this book is helpful because for those of us today who are listening, we hear about that kind of stuff. Even though it's historically new and historically not the majority opinion, we're leaving, we're living in days and times where the news cycle is every 24 hours and the news cycle is my Twitter feed, which I refresh every time I swipe my thumb on my phone. So we don't hear about these criticisms. We don't hear about this kind of stuff. What's going on right now is really the space and age and time in which I'm living that Jesus maybe not have existed. Yeah. That seems like a fair question. Well, the vast majority of scholars have put that to rest. Yeah, definitely he existed. So that's the context in which this book can be helpful to you, to our listener. So that's good. How about the, uh, the resurrection? Do you have any comments on, he has a whole chapter in there on the resurrection. It's really good. There's filled with all kinds of historical data and uh, sources. Uh, and that's something I know is a particular interest of yours. Anything you want to comment there on, Tom? Yeah, I think the the evidence for the resurrection, I think, is pretty strong, but it's also highly disputed because if you're not a Christian and you admit a resurrection, then it's going to be weird for you not to want to follow Jesus. Yeah, it seems pretty pretty intuitive to go from the idea that someone died and was raised to new life, that he's yeah. somehow not divine, or she. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> especially in, in this current age where it's, it's a hard thing just to naturally believe, because generally speaking, almost universally speaking, people don't just come back from the dead, right? So, that claim in itself is is a pretty bold claim to claim that someone was dead and came back. You know, so with Jesus, like, it's understandable skepticism about that. But I think if you follow the evidence, that's where it leads to the point where, like, th- this is the core claim of Christianity. And if this falls, then Christianity is false. Like, Christianity is basically built on this claim that Jesus resurrected, and Jesus' resurrection is God's confirmation of the claims and the teachings of Jesus. Mm. Yeah, so good. So true. So, Tom, I've just got one more question I want to ask you because we're, we're getting close to time here. We've talked about Dr. Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity, The Unalterable Facts of Jesus' Death and Resurrection. We've talked about this confession that seemed creedal, that seemed pre-Paul. It's not Paul's idea. It was a, a famous quote, or can, as you call it, a confession that he was quoting and writing into Scripture. We've talked about the content of the scripture, that Jesus died, that he was resurrected. We've talked about the book a little bit, because the book is interesting. It's a great read. It's not heavy at all. There's really good stuff. Again, I can't really endorse this book to you, listener, enough. But I think my last question for you, Tom, is kind of the so what? I mean, this podcast is called Head and Heart, so that we're... We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12 is one of the founding verses for Probe Ministries, one of the inspiring verses for this podcast, that we learn things that our head changes, but it's not just our head changing, it's it's what changes our heart. And so, if these facts are true, and these facts are interesting, this book is fun to read, fun to learn, what's the big deal? What is the significance of everything that Dr. Bass says is true about this, this creedal confession? Yes, the big significance is that Jesus' resurrection is confirmation of all the promises of forgiveness from sin, of breaking the power of sin and death. 
God's promises to restore creation, to bring us into a relationship with himself, and to bring us into better relationship with each other. Mm. This is a sign that all of that is true, that God has given us a sign so that we can trust him and his promises, and we can enter into relationship with God directly, uh, because that barrier of sin and rebellion is knocked down. Okay, so I hear you saying this is a big deal, this matters, because if this is true what it claims to be true, then we can have hope. Yes. We can have hope to have a restored relationship with God. We can have hope that our sin doesn't condemn us anymore, but we can be rightly related to God. It no longer is a barrier between us. It also is no longer a barrier between our human relationships, between each other. It's a blessing to us. It's also a sign, you said, I think the first thing was that God's promises are true. Yep. That what God says is going to happen really does happen. Yes. Wow, that's big. You know, thank you for sharing that. I think that's really the key. I think for you, listener, if you're hearing this and if it's been hard for you to connect, I I think if I were to answer my own question there, Tom, I I would say that Christianity is really true. And so if there's any space in the back of your mind, listener, where you wonder, hey, what if this is all made up? What if this really is some big fairy story and I've just been duped? Then I want you to hear this. The vast majority of scholars who've studied this and dedicated their lives to this believe this particular section of scripture is genuine. And what it reveals is that Jesus died, was resurrected, and appeared to others. And that's the basis for the gospel. That's the basis for the hope that you can have in Jesus and his teachings. Like you pointed out, other significance as Tom, in terms of God keeping his word is true, and God made incarnate through the flesh of Jesus Christ, dying and being resurrected to new life gives us hope beyond the grave. The resurrection is one of the greatest evidences uh, for Christianity in itself. We've talked about that a little bit too. These are the kinds of affirmations and encouragement I want to offer you, listener. And there's one really good quote in the book that I I think I wanted to to leave us with. And it is uh, Dr. Bass quoting from Tim Keller, who is a pastor in, in New York, Redeemer Church. And Tim Keller tells the story of his response to reading N.T. Wright's book, The Resurrection of the Son of God. And Tom, I know you like to read N.T. Wright. Yes. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna share it because it's so good, and, and I hope this is uh, indicative of, of what this topic is about. So, uh, Tim Keller writes, "Did I believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ? I mean, of course, I'm a minister. Did I believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus? Sure, I did. Would you say that I believed it? Sure, I really believed it. Does that give you peace? Sure, it gives you peace. Then I got thyroid cancer, and when I was recovering." from thyroid cancer, I got a book by Bishop of Durham, N.T. Wright, called The Resurrection of the Son of God. And at the end of four weeks, I put it down and I said, oh my gosh, it really did happen. I then felt the certainty go down three more floors, floors in my heart that I didn't even know were there. I thought I was at the basement, but there were four or five more floors of things. It just sank down all the way to the bottom. And maybe there's still more to go. That's the end of the quote from Tim Keller. Continue to read the book. Dr. Bass points out, it just sunk down all the way to the bottom. And that's the really key part there is even for someone who is a seminary grad, dedicated minister, there's this interesting effect that it can have when we study the history of this event, the history of the death and resurrection of Jesus. There can be this certainty, Tom, that sinks in our heart down to the bedrock that, wow, 
this really, really did happen. And so, listener, that's what I want for you. And so, please go out and read this book. This is a great book. There are other good books, like the one I just mentioned from N.T. Wright, I'm sure is another good one, The Resurrection of the Son of God. But this book by Dr. Justin Bass is just fantastic to find the bedrock of truth, to encourage you that what you believe is true so that you may not wrestle with doubt, but also so that as you share your faith, you can do so in a way that you're confident as an ambassador that what you're sharing is really true. And maybe this is where you just need to be inspired sharing your faith because you know it's true, you think it's true, but you don't share your faith. Maybe it's because you deep down have doubts about it and that's okay, those doubts are okay. But not dealing with them is not okay. And so that is one area where you may be able to deal with that area of doubt or question. So go check out this book, Bedrock of Christianity, The Unalterable Facts of Jesus' Death and Resurrection. Tom, do you have any other comments or anything else you want to throw in here? Yeah, just comment real quick. This book is great if you're dealing with doubts, or uh, maybe you're not dealing with doubts, but sometimes um, you get a little intimidated because you don't know all the facts. Um, You don't know how to present it in ways. This book will help you. This book will deepen your relationship with God, and this book will make you a bolder evangelist. That's great. Good word there, Tom. So you can check this out uh, anywhere books are sold. This has been a podcast today by Probe Ministries on uh, the bedrock of Christianity, a book by Dr. Justin Bass, Unalterable Facts of Jesus' Death and Resurrection. I've been your host today, Paul Rutherford, with Probe Ministries. Check out our website for more information. There's lots of things there on evidence and the resurrection. You can check that out at www.probe.org. And uh, my guest today has been my colleague and coworker Tom Davis. Thanks for coming, Tom. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it, and we will see you next time. <laughs>